0: This is the Brain Over Belly podcast, solving the puzzle of obesity with Dr. David Brown of Idaho BMI. Did you know that a child born today in America will not live as long as one born 20, 30, even 40 years ago? What is happening to our life expectancy? Today, Dr. Brown explains what you need to know about aging and how to live longer. Here's your host, Rick Dunn.
1: Dr. Brown, welcome back to the studio. So good to see you again today. Good to see you too, Rick. Uh, We're going to be discussing aging, the process of growing older. So, Dr. Brown, uh, we all age. It's obvious. Uh, It's inevitable. So, why are we talking about aging today? Well, I
0: think we're all interested in it. I am. Are you?
1: Yeah, I am. I'm starting to get a little older, and so it's, yeah, shows.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think all of us are interested in it. And also, we have some worrisome trends in America, specifically in life expectancy. That life expectancy has declined over the last five years, and that's the first time in America. Um, back, going back to World War II, which, of course, we can see the reason for that decline. But since then, this is the first time life expectancy in America has been declining. So this is before COVID. Yeah. COVID is a factor, but this trend started before that. And I think we're seeing a tipping point um, in American health. And I think it's a very big deal. And Not enough people are talking about this.
1: So to me, that's a little shocking because you think of all the technology that we have and doctors are learning more and everybody's – we're just improving with everything, right? Are we? Yeah. Well, that's the question. <clears throat> well, why, why, why is this happening?
0: Well – I think the introduction of antibiotics was a wonder. It was a wonderful thing and helped to prolong life. Uh, the Industrial Revolution did a lot of things. And there's a lot of factors that is, have contributed to life expectancy increasing. Um, and we've, I think modern medicine has helped to extend life with people who have heart disease and different conditions. Right. I would say, though, that we're doing a very poor job at prevention. Um, and I think we're seeing that in this, uh, these trends in life expectancy. In other words, if you look at the obesity rate, mm-hmm. uh, you know, forty-three percent over forty-three percent of Americans are obese. Sixteen percent are diabetic.
1: I didn't realize that number was that high. Forty-three yeah. percent of Americans are in the obese category. Yeah,
0: sixty-seven percent are overweight or obese. Wow. So yeah, it's. That's a glaring reality for us, and I think diseases like that are becoming more and more common, and that is primarily why we're seeing a decline in life expectancy.
1: So that number, as far as obesity numbers, that has continued to uh, go up over yes. the past how many years? I mean, going way back to— it, it, Like 20 years industrial ago? Industrial revolution.
0: Okay. But— it really started ticking up in the late 70s, early 80s. It, it accelerated. And so you talk about a pandemic, you know, 43% of Americans. Um, it's really sort of skyrocketed in the last 40 years, and the trend is consistent. It is it is continuing. Every year we get the report, and it's a percentage higher or so.
1: And the reason that's happening is uh, diet Food, uh, exercise, or, or... All the or, above.
0: All of the above. Foods, of course, I would say if I had to choose one thing, it's food. It's our food supply. So, yeah, uh, I believe that metabolic disease, metabolic health, is the primary reason for a decline in life expectancy.
1: What are bad foods doing to us that... I mean, specifically, just to get to the point, we're living shorter lives now. So the people that are born right now are not going to live as long as people that were born 20 years ago, 30 years ago. Is that accurate? Yes.
0: Statistically speaking, someone born today is going to live fewer years than someone born in 1994.
1: So what are the bad foods doing to our body? Why is this happening?
0: I would back up, and it's not just food. You know, if you look at what is aging? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, why do we age? And I think there are two pillars to that, two main drivers of the aging process. And it's a little uh, ironic. It's sort of a two-edged sword. You think about a baby being born and they take their first breath. Well, in that breath is oxygen, and oxygen is critical for life. And we all need oxygen to live. Uh, but the ironic thing is that oxygen, the inability to use oxygen with metabolic disease actually contributes to our aging and to our death. And I think that really is the primary driver of aging, and that is oxidative stress. The progressive inability um, to use oxygen as we're designed.
1: So oxidative stress, is that something that increases with
0: age? That is what the studies show. So if you look at the prevalence of obesity Mm -hmm. and age, the aging population becomes more and more overweight. In other words, statistically, the highest rate of obesity is seen in the group that's 70 to 74 years old. That's a 49% prevalence of obesity in that age. That's age. half the people there. Yes. Yeah. And so it's just a progressive increase or a increase in the rate up until that point. And it drops off. If you look at people that are in their 80s, it's 33%. And the reason for that is, well, a lot of people are dying. Mm-hmm. If you do the same... Uh, look at diabetes same thing diabetes increases in prevalence with age and it peaks out around ages 70 to 74 at 29% which is just a crazy
1: that's a big number statistic it's yeah. huge
0: <clears throat> that also declines for folks in their 80s again it's because people are dying if you look at Oxida- markers of oxidative stress, and there's a bunch of them, and it's very technical, but yeah, you see a progressive increase in their, in those markers of oxidative damage. Um, and a, another factor that we have to throw in here is muscle, muscle mass. It has a very critical part in this, and, you know, it's known, it's been known for a long time that typically we hit age 40 and we start losing muscle, Hmm. Yeah, muscle mass starts declining around age 40, and that ties into all of this also. So these are all factors that really go together, and I don't think people are talking about them uh, in the way that maybe we should be.
1: So what's happening in the body when we age?
0: Okay, so two main pillars with aging. One of them is the incremental loss of the ability – to access and burn stored fuel, or just fuel in general. Mm -hmm. So think of a bank account, a savings account. Uh, You make your deposits regularly, and you build up this supply of funds in a bank account. Well, imagine losing the ability to access or withdraw money from that bank account. That's not very fun. No, it's not. (laughs) Well, You could have a billion dollars in that savings account. If you can't withdraw it, it doesn't do you any good. Right. So what we see is that we're storing energy, you know, with being overweight, being obese. We can consume and store fuel. What we're seeing, though, is a loss of the ability to access or tap into that fuel and burn it in a healthy way. Um, So that's... I would say the first of the two pillars of aging. But associated with that inability to tap into that energy and burn it appropriately is oxidative stress. Mm -hmm. Oxidative stress is inherent in that loss of the ability to do that. The second pillar of aging really is the incremental loss of the ability to recover,
1: and that happens around forty, is what you're well, saying, or is again, that just the muscle part? We of say
0: things? that because, you know, that's it's a that's a generalized statement. Sure, it's just a progressive thing. Yeah. So, what does recover mean? Well, you think about exercise. You go and you do a, a root workout routine. You lift weights or something, and maybe your muscles are sore. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason we lift weights really is to actually cause a little bit of damage to muscle microscopically damage the muscle and the body in response to that heals that and it sort of builds new muscle right so the idea is that increased capacity well that's the recovery we exercise really the benefit of exercise is the recovery from it Mm -hmm. Um, you can think of getting a cold and you have those cold symptoms and you feel pretty bad for a few days or a week well, your body responds to that, and it recovers. And so it's it's this—
1: In a roundabout way, all of that is good for your body then, yes, right? Yes.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. It's We need to be doing that um, for health and for longevity. But it's the incremental loss of the capacity to recover. Um, gotcha.
1: It'd be like going and tearing your muscles, and they could never recover at right. that point. Well, that's not very beneficial for me.
0: Right. Right. Um, Another example of recovery, is we've all had little injuries. I broke a collarbone in high school, wrestling and different things. And you yeah. think of someone who's 75 years old and they fall and they break a hip. Well, the mortality rate after someone that age falls and breaks a hip is very high, like astonishing, 30 40% mortality rate one year after a hip fracture like that. So it's the loss of the ability to recovery from injury, from illness, but even at the microscopic level, just normal stresses in in our lives that we experience every day, we're losing the ability to recover and maintain balance.
1: So, what can we do to slow aging? <laughs> do you have the magic potion for us? Right. right. None of this is <laughs>
0: worth knowing. In, yeah, unless, unless we, we can do, do something
1: about it, about it right? Well,. <clears throat>
0: thought a lot about this. Okay. Um, I would say one place to start, you know, we know about exercise. Yes. And you and I have talked about fasting. Yes. Uh, Sleep. Right. And food. And water. Yes. (laughs) You always remember the water. I do always
1: remember the water. I don't know why.
0: Okay. So why do we exercise? It doesn't matter if you're running or lifting weights. Ultimately, you're really doing the same thing. You're moving in a way that's stressing muscle. And you're causing damage, sort of. But as you exercise, you're really... you're increasing the ability to access fuel, stored fuel, and burn it in a healthy way. There's this classic idea that oh, we go exercise to burn calories. Yeah, that's not really true. But it is true that we go and exercise to... Exercise or increase our capacity to tap into our stored fuel and to burn it in a healthy way. So, you think about building a campfire. You got your fuel, your wood,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and you light it, and it burns. And it's we need oxygen, right? If you yes. don't have oxygen, that that campfire is not going right. to work. Um, and so we're sort of doing that when we. Exercise. We are just tapping into stored fuel. whether it's glycogen, you know, glucose, or if it's fat. We are activating those pathways or systems in our bodies that deliver stored fuel to where it's needed, and then to burn it in a healthy way.
1: So, bottom line, we our our bodies. We need to break down our bodies, and then they need to rebuild. Right? Yes. Yeah, that's,
0: that's a very good way to say it. Yeah. So. Exercising and I do weightlifting. I think that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. I think it's the best, probably. But everybody's different. But yeah, part of exercising is building that capacity to burn fuel, to access it and burn it. And people, a lot of people have asked me recently, so they were they've been shocked that I exercise fasted. Um, and I think. It's a very good thing to exercise without eating beforehand, because if we're if we go and we exercise and we're only going to say burn the fuel that we just ate, we're not building the capacity of the body to tap into the stored fuel. Gotcha. Makes sense. Yeah, it does. And I think that's really important to build our capacity to do that.
1: And we've talked about that a little bit when we uh, focused on fasting, um, and you have you have lots of different thoughts on fasting, how to fast properly intermittent fasting yeah. yeah some some type of fasting
0: and it's the same idea there that fasting fasting slows the aging process that's a big statement but it, why does it do that fundamentally it's it's doing the same thing as exercise if you're not putting fuel into your body your body has to access stored fuel
1: so it breaks things down and yeah. then it's going to
0: rebuild right you're you're Increasing the capacity to pull fuel from where you've stored it into the tissues that need it and to burn it in a healthy way. So in a large way, in a big way, exercise and fasting are really doing the same thing. Okay. That's interesting. Something else. uh, Back to muscle and the loss of muscle as we age. Why is that? Um, I don't think anybody has any great answers. But here's what I think. You know, we, we look at that curve of the incidence of diabetes. It goes up with age. Well, really, it's insulin resistance. Well, in the setting of being insulin resistance, and just to back up for listeners, you know, insulin signals, one of the things it does is it signals to the cells of the body to, to bring into the cell glucose and to use it as fuel. Well, in insulin resistance, the cells are not getting that signal from insulin uh, effectively, and it takes more and more insulin in the body to achieve the same thing. Well, in someone who's insulin resistant, they are going to be breaking down muscle at a higher rate. They're Mm -hmm. going to lose muscle faster. So in America today, when we see an increased... Number of people who have insulin resistance as they age, it makes sense that they're going to have less muscle just for that reason. Hmm. So by exercising regularly and stressing muscles, we actually decrease that. We see less muscle loss, one, because we're using muscles more, but we're helping also reduce insulin resistance.
1: So we've talked about exercise. We've talked about fasting. We've... Uh... We we briefly touched on things like uh, sleep and water, uh, good foods, um, mindfulness practices. Uh, w- w- what would you like to say about those things as far as the aging goes? Sure. Food. Yeah.
0: Um, several studies have shown that people's diets decline in quality as they age. They...
1: Is that because they just don't care anymore? They think they're going to die, or I don't know. <laughs>
0: <What>? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah. But the bottom line is the quality of the menu declines, and people eat less protein as they age, so they're eating more base carb-based foods, but also the sourcing of protein declines. So, um, oxidative stress, oxidative damage. Yes. You know, we've compared it to rusting on previous yeah. podcasts. Yeah. Um. Really, the, main, the body's main system of repairing that oxidative stress um, is a system associated with a molecule called glutathione. Um, glutathione, it's there and it helps to reverse oxidative stress and oxidative damage. Well, you know, people are familiar with protein, the idea of protein. And they're, you know, protein is made from 20 building blocks these 20 different amino acids. Well, nine of them are considered essential amino acids. Our bodies cannot synthesize or produce nine of these 20 amino acids. Well, in nature, by far, the best source of those nine essential amino acids are from animal
1: sources of protein. And I know there's other sources, but there's nothing that's even close to that. I mean, no. not, not even a, a microscopic. It's right. above and beyond. Right. And so, you know, there's an amino acid called
0: methionine, and that is a building block for this glutathione in the body that is the main system for fighting oxidative damage. Well, if you compare animal protein... To plant-based protein, it's hardly comparable. In other words, it you almost can't get enough methionine um, to really do the job.
1: So we're pro meat on this show, right? <laughs> it, I'm pro Can I health, say that? <laughs> and that's that is
0: to date the data are quite clear. Yeah, on that. So yeah, I would say if you want to slow aging, if you want to live longer. You've got to include animal source protein in your diet.
1: Okay. Uh, so we're kind of winding down with these things. Exercise, fasting, food is important. Any other thoughts?
0: Yes. Sleep, very. If I had to pick four things, it would be build and maintain muscle mass, do some form
1: of fasting. Um, work on your sleep. Um, when you t- specifically, I can't remember and I know we've talked about sleep, but what like a, an average adult, how much sleep should they be getting? 8 hours. 8 hours a night. Yeah, okay, for a while
0: solid. the belief was well everybody's different, maybe 5 to 8 and Yeah, 5 think,
1: doesn't seem like enough. Yeah, it's yeah. not
0: for me and I think the research has shown most recently, you no, know, it's pretty much 8 8 hours okay. for just about everybody. So um Quality of sleep and its consistency, sleeping, going to bed at the same time. And there's a lot of different things. I and mean, we've talked about it, but sleep is so important. And, again, it's a repair thing. Right. Um, it's a repair system. And, actually, it, since you bring that up, people don't know this, but people are familiar with melatonin. Mm-hmm. You know, sun just starts going down, temperature's cool, and your brain knows Uh, There's a part of the brain called the pineal gland, and it releases melatonin into the body, and it helps us prepare for sleep. We get sleepy, but what's less uh, widely known is that melatonin is a very, very potent antioxidant in the body. So going to bed regularly is actually one of the primary ways that we fight that oxidative damage
1: so everything out there you have given us the secrets to uh living a long healthy life the fountain of youth nobody knew that they were going to find that here on this show but here it is oh, we're working <laughs> on it, right? uh anything else before we let you go today
0: dr brown uh, we just have to be interested in our own longevity our own health use our minds ask questions and work on habits every day um not be too judgmental of ourselves the other thing for longevity i would say is find a creative outlet find an activity that's interesting that you enjoy that doesn't involve food or a
1: screen Mm -hmm. just practice it that's hard nowadays fun (laughs) in life i know it (laughs) it is but you can't like go biking or hiking or bowling or something like that learn a
0: skill develop something
1: yeah dr brown as always thank you so much for joining. thank you rick it's a joy